Hey everyone, today we are doing a stream on is it okay to take breaks as an artist? If you are looking to strengthen and flex your art muscle, ArtProf is a community for you. We have tutorials, critiques, and more, and it's all for free. Clara, would you like to get us started? The short answer is yes. It's always okay to take a break as an artist. But the problem is it's not that simple. For one thing, I hear a lot of young artists who are just feeling enormous social pressure to quote, draw every day. And that if you don't draw every day, you're not gonna improve. Have you heard that before, Alex? Oh yeah, um, that's all over the internet now, I guess. And I heard it a lot in undergrad um, of just, oh, every day you're not drawing, like you have to do it, you have to keep it up. You have to go or else you'll lose it. Um, or even if you won't lose it, it's like, oh, every day is the potential to grow. So when you're not growing, you're falling behind. It's really toxic mindset to have. Well, here's the question. Let's say you're not drawing every day, just doing it every now and then like a normal person. <laughs> Do your skills actually degrade? Deep D, have you seen that? I don't think so. I think the key is routine and consistency and, you know, making sure that you are challenging yourself and improving. But for everyone, that is different. I think for certain people, drawing every day is really good for them, but it really varies person to person and schedule to schedule. Um, everyone has a different lifestyle. So I think that as long as you are setting realistic goals for yourself and figuring out a routine that works for you, which includes breaks, you will see improvement and you can't compare yourself to other people. It's all about your own journey. I mean, Alex, was there any a time period in your life where you really did draw every day for longer than a week? Longer than a week? No. Which, I mean, that's the thing. I tried really hard. What would happen is I would just feel bad about myself and then I'd feel guilty and it would just be a pretty negative spiral, you know? When reality, just if you recognize oh, I'm not going to draw every day. Just relieve yourself of that pressure. I think it's just a little thing that you can do to kind of prolong your productivity with it, honestly. Like Deepji just said, just consistency is more important than rep rapidity. Tell us in the chat, who here has felt pressure to draw every day and then gone through a vicious rabbit hole of guilt and pressure because you couldn't do it. I think it's fine to set that as a goal for a limited period of time. For example, I know Inktober is coming up really soon and that's something that a lot of people do. That's fine, but the thing is Inktober is just a month. And so you know there's an end point to that. So sometimes that's good because there are advantages to drawing every day. I'm not saying there aren't, but I just think this ongoing every day all the time is ridiculous because here's the thing, just because you see other people working all the time, doesn't mean you have to do it too. What do you think about that, Alex? Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm just, I feel like the theme of this year for me is like how good taking a break is. Cause I feel so much more refreshed about my art coming back to it with a new lens, like not in the rut that I was in with it. Um, and I was, I think I'm saying it so ardently now because I was told quite the opposite. I was told to never take breaks. I was told that even on vacation, you should have your sketchbook with you. And I think that's why I'm 
really trying to hit the hammer down on this of like, no, 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 please take a break. Because <laughs> it's just, it's important. It's easy for us to give advice. Giving advice is so much easier than taking it and acting upon it. And it's really hard to take a break sometimes. Deep, do you ever struggle with that? All the time. I don't know when the last time I took a full day off is like in years. I, I really don't. And I think that that definitely takes a toll on a person. Um, but I think it it is, we were talking right before the stream, all three of us was like, it, it's so healthy to do so. And I think a break doesn't have to be like, you're not going to draw it all for like a week or something. It can just be that like, instead of drawing for an hour every day, you draw for 30 minutes every day instead. And for those other 30 minutes, you spend that time doing something else. Um, you know, that can be a break as well. It's really each person's has their own schedule in their own life. So it can fit to what works for you. I'm curious. Yeah, Alex, really do you think oh. that we feel this pressure because there's this illusion of people online being productive and amazing all the time? Or do you think it's self-imposed or maybe a little bit of both? Um. I think, I think it's a little bit of both, but I'm coming from like deep T and I are coming from that lens of we grew up without the internet and then grew up with the internet. So we have our foot in both worlds. Um, so I can imagine if you are say only following very hyper productive professional artists on Instagram, for instance, then your algorithm is nothing but that. And then all of a sudden your worldview gets very, um, closed on that hyper-professionalism work ethic. But I want to bring up this comment from Bestowing the Brush who says, yes, also family grief has stunted my desire as of late. Life happens. You never know what's going to happen today or tomorrow. Like Deepti, I think you were saying that you had this whole section of time cleared out and then what happened? Yeah, I mean, everyone's life is different, Clara. And you, you have kids who take up your time. I have, I work like five jobs and I'm an actor. And like every time I carve out time, like an audition pops up or something. I had time carved out tomorrow to just chill. And then this audition popped up. Um, and now I'm like going to be up until 4 a.m. finishing my work. So it's, you know, everyone's schedule is so different and life happens. And you have to recognize that every, like for, Alex, what you were saying was so interesting because like, yeah, when you follow people who make mil millions of dollars on their art and they can focus on just that and they have a whole team working for them, their life is very different. But on social media, like they don't have a disclaimer on every piece being like, oh, I had a team of 15 people working on this with me. Also, like I make so much money that I, you know, don't have to worry about working every like there are so many factors, whereas then there's other people like me who I work multiple jobs and I have two careers like you know they're, they're everyone's life is different but it's not that black and white um on social media so you or it is very black and white on social media so you think that if you're not exactly like them you're failing or like you can't take breaks but that's not the truth there are so many variations of lives and how people can live and what they need to do to survive Colleen says, I always feel like I get worse whenever I take a break. I get better at the certain skill, but then after a while, I tend to lose it. Why is that? Alex, any thoughts? Yeah, I totally recently had this. I'm working on my first personal painting for a while. I've done like a couple small private commission pieces, but 
yeah, like the break was very good, but I did make a lot of rookie mistakes early on. Like I started to add details like in the underpainting. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> but then like you just go back to like be gentle with yourself and be like, no, that wasn't losing the skill. That wasn't your skill getting worse. That was you forgetting smaller details about it, you know? Um, kind of like, you know, if somebody else drives your car and then you get in and, you know, you're out of the neighborhood before you realize one of the rearview mirrors isn't quite adjusted back to your level yet. You didn't forget how to drive. You're just like, oh, I forgot to check that small little thing. Yeah, I think I about it like, I, I, sorry, I was just going to say, I think about it as like when you're revisiting like any skill or a sport or even like uh, for me, I was taking the subway back to a place that I've gone to a million times, but I hadn't because of the pandemic. And I realized I had to look at my map because I forgot where to transfer and where to stop. And that's not because I don't know how to use the subway anymore or whatever. It's just I had, you know, been out of practice a little bit and I just needed to remind myself and get back into the groove of things. But I still know how to do this and I'm still just as experienced. You just sometimes, like you said, Alex, need to be kind to yourself and remind yourself before jumping right in. Colleen, I would just remind everybody here, progress is not linear. If you look at your progress as an artist, it's a roller coaster. I mean, sometimes in my classes at RISD, students would bring in this awesome project and they totally rocked it that week. And then the next week they'd bring in a project that really wasn't that good. And it's not that they got worse, it's just, things are never that predictable. It's not better, 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 better. Oh, if you slide back a little bit, you're getting worse. It's just, it's always changing. And so I, I just don't believe that there's such a thing as getting worse as much as it is that just you as an artist are evolving and changing. It's not going backwards. What do you think about that, Alex? Yeah, like that's, I had another unhealthy thought from school of like every painting you make should be better than the last one, which I mean, as you just said, that is not the case. You learn, you grow, develop, you try some new skills, you try new techniques and every time you do that, then it's obviously going to be terrible because you are just trying something new. So I think that's it. Like that thing of if you are trying something new and it fails, know that that is in itself improvement. Renegade says, I just retired after 33 years in special ed and 25 as a special ed art teacher. My skills were never that great. So I feel that I'll never quote, catch up and be as good as artists I see. Well, Deep D, a lot of people say to me, I see these kids, they're 21. They're so much better. They're way ahead. I never will catch up because I'm 55. What do you say about that? I think that you have to like change your framework of your mind to realize that there's nothing really to catch up to because your journey is so specific and you are creating your own work. Like every artist is their own person and their own career. And really you're working under that umbrella. Um, and everyone's journey is different. I mean, those 21 year olds might've been drawing consistently and going to classes and spending all, you never know. And so I think it's all about like where you're at and how you improve and where will you be in a year that you should think about and you should push yourself towards. Dara says, reminder, you are not your art. Taking a step back is not a failure. This is so important for a couple of reasons. We are not just artists. We are so many other things to other people. And I think once you start putting all your eggs in one basket and you say, I'm an artist, that's it. 
if you have a bad week with your art career, it really does feel like the apocalypse. And I did that for a long time with academia, that I let academia define me. And so when my career in academia wasn't going very well, I said, there's nothing else in my life. And that was really not a good idea. So Alex, how do you remind yourself that as much as you're an artist, there's a lot more to you? I mean, what Dara's saying like really speaks true to me of like, yeah, like there was a long period where it was like, I only defined myself as art. And it's like, no, like you, the ultimate goal, which you're, no one's there yet is like, oh no, you are just you, who you are, period. And you do things and you be with people and you interact with the world. Um, and it becomes very unhealthy if you define yourself solely as that, because then one, you feel like you can't do anything but that. You feel trapped in it. And then two, kind of the point of this whole conversation, you can't take a break, which can lead to injury, both mental and physical. And you just kind of have to take care of yourself in that way. Juliet says, all the media keeps pushing everybody in a competitive way. We feel that we can't rest until we're better than anyone else. I know we don't have to, but it's difficult to ignore it. I hear a lot, especially from people, actually your generation, DT and Alex, a lot of people, and a lot of them are my former students, they say, I'm so behind. This person I graduated with, they've already published 15 children's books. I'm never gonna catch up to them. And I'm like, there's no finish line. There's no six miles you should have been here a month ago. People progress at totally different rates. I know that doesn't make it feel better because I'm just like intensely jealous of people that have already won 18 Guggenheim grants and stuff like that. But we can't see it as a race. Steve D, why do you think people see it as a race? I mean, it's so hard to divorce yourself from like that narrative with social media and everyone celebrating their wins. But I, the way I look at it is you're the only person that can change your mindset and either you you know, feel like it is a competition or you allow yourself to live on your own timeline. And like you said, there is no finish line and some like tomorrow, something amazing could happen for you. And then people will be, and there's always someone who's going to be comparing themselves to you. So it's just like a toxic cycle. And I think the best thing to do is try and realize that other people's wins are amazing, but that doesn't have anything to do with you and your successes. Those are completely separate and you should also celebrate those um, and be happy with your journey. W315 says, your, our, life experience shapes your art. That's something the youngers don't have. I mean, Alex, I think that I'm more interesting now than I was when I was 18. And I do think I have a little more to say. Have you seen that in your life, Alex? I don't know. In turning 30, I feel like I'm less interesting than I was at 25. But I'm more content. Where like, yeah, my experience now is like, hmm, like, I found everything I was looking for in the grocery store really quickly and there wasn't a line. And that was my experience today. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I need, I personally need to get back a little bit of that excitement, but no, I, I agree. I think it gives me a lens of how I want to tell the stories I want to tell better. Well, I just wonder, I, I don't want to be depressing, but is it just about lowering your standards? Because I don't know about you, Deep D, I don't even think about the draw everyday thing anymore. I'm just like, I drew today, that's a win. Like, I am like pumped. I'm like, oh my gosh, Clara, you're amazing. You drew today. And I think it's because I don't have the standards of needing to draw every day. So it just feels like a win. I don't know. Is that just me? 
I don't think it's lowering your standards. I think it's just being realistic and, you know, coming to terms with what you're capable of and being kind to yourself, you know, like you are finally coming to terms with what you can do on a daily, weekly basis. And you're allowing yourself to accept that. And then you're being happy about that rather than thinking of it as like, I'm not doing something. You're appreciating what you can do. By the way, I want to give a shout out to Renegade who says, loving this topic and thanks for the encouragement. We greatly appreciate your support. <laughs> now, here's the thing. There are so many positives to taking a step back from your work because yes, you should work hard. I'm not trying to say you shouldn't, but Alex, sometimes there's just so much clutter in my head. I need to do this, I need to do that. And if I just step back, even if it's just go for a walk for 15 minutes, somehow that organizes things. The idea I had marinated a little bit more. It's just that much tastier. Have you had that experience? Oh, yeah. And it's funny. Um, I received the same advice from both a teacher back at school and when I did like CPR training um, way back when. Um, but both people began by saying, don't smoke, it's bad for you. But they said, metaphorically, take a cigarette break. Take that time of go outside and just 10, 15 minutes. Like in CPR training, it was like, yeah, sometimes it's okay to take that time, perceive the situation, look at what's going on, and just not rush into it. And then likewise with art, it was the same thing of like, oh, yeah, if you're confused, take a walk, go around the block, come back in and see if you have a fresh set of eyes. Well, and these breaks can be five minutes. It could be an hour. There are people in the chat who were saying earlier, hey, I stepped away from art for 15 years. Now I'm back in the game. Some people say I took a year off. Whatever amount works for you is the right amount. Because when I first had my first kid, you know what my mom said to me? She said, listen, you, you have to step away from the baby because when you first have a baby, you don't want to leave them alone. It's just, you know, you're acting crazy. And she said to me, listen, when you leave the baby and you come back, the baby is cuter. What do you think she meant, DP? <laughs> Well, I think that you you're so wrapped up in the chaos of it all and the, you know, I mean, I've never had a baby, but when you're working on your art piece, you're so wrapped up in the chaos and you're so laser focused on it. Um, and I personally just keep seeing all the things wrong with it. And then when I take a step back and I revisit it, more often than not, I'm able to look at it with fresh eyes and appreciate it in a different way and see things that maybe I hate about it too. But it's a completely different perspective. And I feel like more often than not, I am more appreciative of the work that I've put in um, than I was before I took the break. Alex, do you ever come back and say, hmm, that was pretty good. I'm doing a pretty good job. Because <laughs> sometimes in the moment, you just hate what you're making. Yeah, I actually, I think importantly, I did that enough in realizing that I liked aspects of the underpainting that I wanted to preserve in the final painting um, to the point where that's like helped dictate my style of like making sure to preserve intentionally some of the early things. Um, and yeah, that came from getting out of this mindset of like, this is underpainting must be covered with other layers, you know, and no, yeah, you take a break, you come back and like, no, there's really something nice there. 
Adam says, aside from making art, I have felt burnt out from consuming and reading about art all the time, where I had to step away to even feel anything about looking at the art I enjoy. I don't know about you, but I don't read about art in my spare time. In fact, I like reading stuff about surgeons and medical care. I, it's very strange. Like I'm really into these nonfiction books about healthcare today. Like my daughter's reading these books by Oliver Sacks, who was this famous neurologist. And I find that very refreshing. Like, Dipti, what do you do or read about that has nothing to do with art at all? Oh, man. Um, gosh, you're putting me in the hot seat. Well, I read a lot of scripts and stuff because I'm an actor or I just like to like watch cr true crime things or listen to true crime podcasts. You know, like I think that all of that stuff that doesn't have to do with art will eventually inf inform your work. And if anything, just betters your mental health because you feel joy out of it and then makes you a better artist. So if that helps you take a break, if you frame, put it in a framework where you're like, okay, this is still somehow going to impact and better me as an artist, think of it that way. Cause sometimes that helps me. I'm like, okay, well maybe I'll find some negative inspiration while listening to this serial killer podcast. Um, and then I'll, and then I'll implement that in my work. Alex, isn't your hobby reading about medieval plays? <laughs> Yeah, like I love it. Like I love diving into like the gross, weird parts of history. Um, someone, oh yeah, this uh, Julius Nichols was just saying, uh, I study history and run. That's so much help. And I'm like, yes, same. Uh, bike instead of run for me. But yeah, because history, it for me, it's just stories, and that inspires the art that I make. And so it's like you need those things. Like your art is not. It's, it doesn't produce its own energy. You need to fill it with other things. You can't have your sketchbook with you 24-7, ready to go. You sometimes have to just get into absorption mode. A lot of this sounds great in theory, but the question is, how do you actually make yourself do it? I know all these things, okay? We put the stream together. We've got the bullet point of these are the reasons why, and yet I still really have trouble making myself do it. And one of your tips, Alex, is to always have one day a week that is off. And I think mm -hmm. you said you sustained this for two years at one point. Yeah, uh, for I, longest stretch was two years on Wednesday, and it was great. Um, where like it started with in working in coffee shops, like everyone wants Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off, and nobody wanted Wednesday off. So I was like, hey, I'll take that one. Mm -hmm. And then I knew I could always count on it as a day off. Um, and at first it was like, great, this is the day I can work on art. But then when I started to establish my art schedule on other days, I gave myself Wednesday where that's just the me day. Like that's just for grocery shopping and errands and just hanging out and vegging and just relaxing. Um, which, yeah, I get if you're working multiple jobs and you're working on your art. I know it's hard to have like a full proper weekend where you don't even paint or anything. But that one day is really helpful because then I found on my other day off from work, I was painting so much more productively. Deep, do you have any boundaries that you draw for taking a break? I definitely cannot take a whole day off. I just know personally it just doesn't work for me. And I think that's good to figure out about yourself. But something I have been able to do is like convince myself to wake up 30 minutes earlier so then I can carve out 30 minutes of like sitting and reading a book or going on a walk in the morning, which I think is healthy. 
or, you know, um, there are certain things that I do where like, I will put like all my devices away for 30 minutes. Um, and that feels like a break for me because I can't check my email and can't get like nauseated by like the influx of emails that I'm getting. There's small things that you can do. I think also like setting a clock out time can be um, really helpful. I know Alex, you've done that before, but like, I know personally, if I tell myself that I have to stop working at 7 PM, maybe I'll go until eight, but at least I'll stop at eight because I'm already over my thing. But if I don't give myself a clock out time, I know I'll work until 2 a.m. and I won't feel bad about it. So at least giving yourself that restriction so that in your mind, you know, I should have stopped working a while ago. You'll at least remember that there is a clock out time. I think the two of you are much better at this than I am because oh, I, I just am always sliding back because here's my mindset. Has it, tell me if you have done this, anybody in the chat, where I say, okay, it's the weekend, I can chill. And I think, you know what? If I just do these three things, it'll just free up more time on Monday. And then I won't have to stress while I'm doing these Monday things. And then Monday comes along and I'm like, oh, I thought I got caught up, but oh my gosh, these three other things just came up and I need to deal with them right away. And so this idea of quote, getting ahead, by letting yourself work in your downtime, it really doesn't work that way. And I have to remind myself, but it's really hard because I crave time when I can just work and relax. I don't have a lot of time where I can do that. Oftentimes I feel a little frantic. I don't know, is working relaxing for you, Alex? It's not for me oftentimes. I think, no, I, I think it is, but I think I wanna maintain artwork being relaxing. Um, yeah, in the sense where I want it to be a joy that I can get to, that I have the privilege to do. And it sounds weird to say the honor to do, but it's like, great, I have this time now that I can do this. And I want to keep that joy and relish that joy, um, which I think we haven't brought it up yet, where a lot of this, too, and the need for take a break is for physical injury. Like, um, I got a little bit of like carpal tunnel syndrome a few years ago and had to take like had to take some breaks. So that's why it's important to get this mental mindset so you can better prepare physically. Like Deep Gene Clara, have you guys ever had like physical ailments from art and overworking? Oh yeah, my back from sitting wrong and sitting for too long. My like ankles have gotten swollen for sitting down for too long. I mean, it's, it's real, you know, you don't realize you kind of black out and then suddenly like seven hours later, you're like, oh, shoot, I haven't moved. I haven't eaten. Like you have to remember to eat and use the bathroom. Um, normal human things that we have to do that we totally forget to do. And then you can get really sick from not doing those things. God's Little Artist says, does anyone feel they have to be in the right mood to do art? I think... It's not so much that I have to be in the right mood, but I have to be ready to spend and dedicate that chunk of time. Because I think the one thing that has worked for me is this whole work smart thing, because sometimes I'll take a nap in the afternoon. And for the longest time, I felt guilty about that because I'm like, oh, you should be working. Why are you doing taking a nap? But the thing is, when I wake up from the nap, I'm so energized that I can get stuff done really fast. And before that nap, when I'm like falling asleep, I'm not really that productive. And so you have to sometimes create spaces for yourself that you're going to be able to be productive. Like when my kids are home, 
that is not the time because they're interrupting me every two minutes. But when they're in school, that's when I know that's the time. What do you think, Alex? Do you need to be in the mood? This, this is a tough question because now my whole thing is like how to get out of a break. Because <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, being in a break is great. But then it's like, oh, do I need more self-care or is it time to actually like get to work? And I think that, yeah, you do have to be in a mood for inspiration to strike. I think that's fair. But as far as like working on a painting, so much of it, I think, is just you just have to show up. Um, so like, I mean, like Deep said at the beginning earlier, if you schedule in your time, you're like, great, I'm painting for half an hour right now. I'm doing it. You just sit down, you show up and you, you do it and you're in the mood by the end of it. Yeah. I feel like for me, I always like, I know what my triggers are. Like if my apartment is dirty, I can't concentrate on my work. Cause I'll constantly be thinking about like the dishes haven't been done or I need to <laughs> and I know what will like energize me is like fun music. So having like a playlist that goes on that will energize me. So there are certain things that I think people can work towards figuring out about themselves that can help get you in that right mindset um, when you are starting off. Because I know that there are small things that will just frustrate me or eat away and not let me be as productive as possible. So just getting those things out of the way are the perfect way to at least be a little bit more productive and have the right attitude when I'm entering a creative space. You know, what's interesting though, is I do find that I separate the inspiration idea time from the work time. Like if I'm in the studio and I got my brushes out, it's just production. You're just making things. And the times when I'm coming up with ideas, I mean, Kat tells me all the time she gets her ideas when she's in the shower. I get ideas when I'm on the treadmill. I think mm -hmm. because I'm doing something else and so my brain actually <laughs> can think straight. And so sometimes not being in the studio is the place where you can get inspiration. Contemporary Sumera says, any moms with babies here who are juggling between their art career and babies, it's so challenging. Oh, I feel you. It's hell. I mean, Deep D and Alex, I know you guys don't have kids, so you probably can't answer this. But what I will tell you is that it's really hard for about three years, and then it gets a little better. <laughs> so just you gotta wait out the three years. I made so little work during that time. But the thing that I have decided with my kids is that as much as sometimes I really want to do something for my artwork, I remind myself I am not getting that time back with them. I can't go back in time. Oh, could we go back to when you were eight? Like, I can't do that. Like, that time is gone. And so I tell myself that that's more precious in a lot of ways. I'm going to give a shout out to Sonnet. Thank you so much for the super chat. <laughs> <laughs> and this is interesting. W315 says, once I floundered around for, oh, 12 hours doing my art, starts to get interesting. What do you think about that, Alex? Yeah, I think that that's usually the time for me when I hit those points. That's when I'm at the point when I'm about to grow. <laughs> like, if I'm just like, God, oh, there's nothing's happening. And you just feel like you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. That's when you're about to like, when your brain is about to lose patience, and you just try something new and completely different. And this is interesting. Rachel says, I find using instrumental music 
helps me a lot. I listen to a couple of Spotify playlists. One is, quote, study music with coffee shop vibes and Li-Fi inspo and <laughs> music. I feel that way about exercising. I listen to total trash when I'm on the treadmill because listen to boom, boom, boom. It just gets you like worked up and ready to run. And I think people feel the same way about playlists. So sometimes it's not just about clearing the space, but like creating the atmosphere. It might feel a little artificial, but it actually sort of works. Deepti, do you have any tricks like that with music or your studio space? Yeah, I think music is a big one. Like if you, if there's music playing, that's like getting your blood pumping, you'll definitely like feel energized to like start working. Sometimes when I'm just like doing technical stuff or I really just mean to like animate and there's no creative thought behind it, I'll put on like a fun TV show that just keeps me laughing in the background or a podcast, something to keep me energized. But then also like the space you're in, you know, like maybe you want like a candle lit or organize all your pens or something, just like make the space comfy and feel like a space you want to spend hours in. Cause if you're in like a fluorescent bulb room and it's giving you a headache, you're not going to want to spend hours in there. Thank you so much, Jane, for the super. I think you all just want to see the animations because you know what? There's a bunch more. And if we get more super stickers, maybe you'll get to see some of them. Well, here's another thought, which is it's hard to sometimes clear everybody out of your head. Do you find, Alex, that just being on Instagram and talking to the artists, oh, sometimes you just got to turn it off. I know you took a long Instagram break, Alex. How did that feel? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle of another small one right now, and it always feels great. Where like the only downside is like, the only reason that I keep coming back at all is a way to share the art that I'm working on. Um, and I just wish there must be a better way, like because it feels so amazing not using it. Um, and yeah, I just feel like there are times and seasons where you can be really receptive to looking at other work and looking at other people's work ethic and you celebrate them and you learn from them and you enjoy it. But then there are also times I think where you get a little vinegar in you and all you see is jealousy and envy and comparing yourself to others. And you just have to be aware of when you're feeling which one and whether you'll be receptive to artist feedback. The Stowing the Brush says, yes, all the voices are relentless. Now, Alex, you are much better at Instagram breaks than I am because I have tried everything. I have taken the apps off my phone. I have put my phone in another room. And it's like so hard to turn off for so many people, even though we know better. Deepti, have you mm -hmm. had any success? Because I clearly have not. No, I'm addicted to Instagram. Um, but what I do, what I can do is I can't get rid of it forever. I know that I need to go on it every day because I'm sick. But what I do know that works for me is the whole, like, I can take two 30-minute breaks without my devices every day. And I think that's healthy, too. You know, like, whatever you can do for yourself to, like, take a break from the social media monster and comparing yourself to what's going on there, I think is super healthy. So, you know, if you can't take a whole day off, that's fine. I mean, a lot of my clients DM me, that's how I communicate with them. But um, if you can take an hour, 30 minutes, that's still a break. I 
don't know. I feel like I have massive fear of missing out. Is this just paranoia as an artist? I'm like, oh my God, what if somebody, because that has happened to me where something awesome happened and I really did have to reply right away. But maybe that's in my head. Does everybody see this cycle of thinking and how it just, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just admitting that I suck at all this. I don't know. No, you have to be right where you're right. And I think that that is one, which what helped for me, it's all full on put in my Instagram bio. Now I have it jokingly of like, not on Instagram often, slow to reply. Um, I used to have like my contact email on my Instagram, which I mean, for you guys, if you're working professionally and you get a lot of contacts through Instagram, that could be a way to go around it of like allowing yourself to recognize that fear of, oh, I don't want to miss out on a potential client, which is fair. So if you put your email contact and then say, all right, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to work on this painting and I'm going to put my phone on airplane mode and not look into it. That way you would, that fear could be alleviated. I want to give a shout out to Sonnet18. Thank you so much for the super sticker. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for your support. I don't know. I feel like there's no solution. I'm sorry to be a bummer, but like all these pieces of advice that we're getting, I can't do any of them. Like I can turn it off and I'm obsessed with numbers. I mean, the YouTube analytics, it's so bad. I feel like me and Jordan need like a support group for our addiction to YouTube analytics. And it's like, I really don't know another way around it because so much of our profession working on art prof and studying our analytics. I mean, a lot of that does affect programming and how we go about doing things. So I don't feel like I cannot do it. But the thing is, once I'm on it, you're just like, you're just eating it all up. But it's like horrible, disgusting junk food. You know, when you eat junk food and you think it's a great idea, like I ate all this candy corn today. Like I like candy corn. And afterwards, you're like, why? Why did I eat that? That was horrible. Yeah, but it gave you joy. So let yourself do it once a week, but no more than that. You know. Yeah. yeah let yourself do it. Just don't do it every day. Same goes for Instagram or like yeah, YouTube. Somebody bought two pounds of candy corn and now they're in my pantry and I walk by them every time I do laundry. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I We're not saying that there's a solution. I think that all of these things we're talking about, they're ongoing. Uh, stowing the brush has a really good idea for it, actually. Uh, I tell my clients to email me while, while I'm on Instagram break and check it once a week. I also have considered posting office hours to manage expectations. That's actually not a bad idea. Just saying, like, we'll check DMs Monday and Thursday. I don't know. Random dates. That's a pretty good idea. Cool. Art Prof has a podcast. It's available on Spotify and also on iTunes. And in a few minutes, Alex and Deep D will be hanging out in the Art Prof Discord so we can talk more about Instagram and candy corn. <laughs> Actually, I think I'll go eat some <laughs> in the post live streams channel. And oh, ignore that. There's no stage tonight. It's just typing. Um, subscribe to our channel, like this video, leave us a comment. And a big thank you to our top Patreon supporters. You are the ones making it possible for us to stay 100% free and accessible. And you are all helping people out there in the world who can't afford an art class. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. I'll see you next time. Bye.